Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. What up, everybody? Mary Jane Experience. New studio, new us, new look, new format. Strawberry Sequoia. Kick it off. Who do we talk to this week? We talked to Tracy Mason, the CEO of House of Saka. They do cannabis-infused wine. They can't call it wine, though, right? Not legal for them to call it wine. I guess that's fair, in a way, right? You know? Whatever. Anyway, this is another fun episode. We love the fun episodes. So what did you guys talk about? So we talked about Tracy's journey from the booze industry to the cannabis industry. We talked about why wine of all avenues to take in the cannabis industry. We talked about trying to emulate. Emulate? (laughs) Emulate. Is that a little emulate? Uh, God complex, broken Freudian slip there. Yes. I'm kidding. Um. (laughs) Trying to emulate the feeling and experience of wine, if that's what they're trying to do, the science behind that, and the cannabis they use, the strains, how it's grown, terpenes, doesn't matter, etc. Awesome. This is going to be a great one. Sit back, kids. More with Saka. Cannabis Vino? We'll call it. Vinfusion. So, Tracy. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey into cannabis? Sure, absolutely. So I've been in the wine and spirits industry for almost three decades. Started out in sales as a young young pup and then moved quickly into marketing and into innovation, new product development. So I've, I've worked for some of the largest alcohol and wine companies in the world, primarily in high-level marketing and new product development roles. And so, you know, after a while, you do that job for 10 years, 12 years, whatever that looks like. You're, you're kind of looking for a new challenge, or at least I think that people should always be looking for a new challenge. And for me, watching cannabis emerge onto the scene in the way that it did felt so much like the alcohol industry that I joined 30 years ago. And as I've watched that particular category evolve, I felt that getting into cannabis, especially coming into cannabis in an area that I had so much expertise, which is in you know, more of the beverage wine side of the equation, felt like an amazing opportunity to go after. Definitely. I've heard a very similar sentiment. We did an interview with a woman named Hannah Davis. She's the CMO of Mammoth Distribution. And she came from Mm -hmm. the beer industry, ready for a new challenge in a similar but different industries. So tell us about Saka infused wine and why you decided to take that path. Why wine? You know, I think House of Saka, specifically our, our infusions, are our, our wine-like products. We can't call them wine, by the way, legally. I think they kind of came to bear the way every great idea comes to bear, which is meeting an unmet need. I mean, my business partner and I looked across the spectrum of the industry, and we recognized very clearly that 
there was no one really talking in an educated way to the emerging female consumer, which is the the fastest growing segment of the industry. Secondly, the space was really, really void of luxury products, not only products that have you know, level of quality that I think that, that can be immediately recognized as luxury, but also in their look and feel. And so when you combine those two emerge, those two voids, you know, not talking to a really important emerging consumer and then, you know, this, this void in luxury branding that's more on the mainstream side of the equation, as opposed to sort of the old school cannabis packaging, I thought, you know, we thought that would be an amazing opportunity. And then, you know, when you take those two powerful things and then you combine with the ability to address this emerging consumer and meet them where they are and really teach them about microdosing, about the level of consumption that's right for them because the platform that Beverages allows to do that is so clear because it's so highly bioavailable. So you feel the effects immediately. So if you have two ounces or three ounces of Saka, you'll feel it. So you'll know very quickly whether or not, you know, what the right amount of, of THC milligrams is for you as you enter the space and as you start to develop your tolerance or develop your preference for where you want to sit on the spectrum between sobriety and intoxication. It's interesting. So are you trying essentially to emulate the feeling of how intoxicated you would feel with a glass of wine or is it just a totally different thing? No, I think it actually is. I mean, what we what we're trying to achieve is give, you know, our target consumer, which is kind of curious female coming into the space, who's concerned about the effects of alcohol in their body, not only from the raw physical facts, what it does to your stomach, what it does to your liver, but also you know the calories that are associated with alcohol. Which you know, a standard glass of wine has about 140 calories. A glass of sake has fewer than 16. That in and of itself is a benefit. But what we wanted to give our consumer was that ritual, that ritual of coming home, opening a bottle of wine, pouring it, curling up with your feet under you, and, and just letting the day fall away and do so in a way that was super socially acceptable um, with a product that was super high quality and in a format that was really comfortable for this consumer entering the space. And so, yeah, it does emulate the idea of having a glass of wine where you, know, you, you feel it. But unlike alcohol, when people tend to consume cannabis, they tend to reach a level of high that makes them comfortable, and then they stop. And then, so for something like sake that, that dissipates rather quickly, you know, it also allows for a much more sessionable cannabis experience as opposed to, oh, God, I had an edible an hour and a half later, I'm super high, and I don't like the way I feel, or I've just taken a hit of someone, something, and it was super high potency and I don't like the way I feel like you're so informed throughout the consumption process of where you are. And, and so I think it's a really safe, predictable, consistent way of, of consuming cannabis. And I think it's, it's awesome, especially in the format of a, a really high end Napa Valley based product. Wow. I love that. I'm not sure. And I try a lot of cannabis products <laughs> and I'm not sure I found anything that fits that description. So um, I'm definitely very curious how that works. Like what is the science behind that? How can you make that possible? The cannabis industry and the technology that's fueling it is moving at lightning speed. Um, right now, beverages like House of Saka Pink and House of Saka White, which will be released shortly, 
um, are using the latest technology, which is called nanoemulsification. And what that does is essentially take pure cannabis oil, breaks it down into microscopic particles that become self-homogenizing. So essentially, it's like they're water-soluble. So it's water-soluble and self-homogenizing. So in other words, you don't need to shake it. So your first class of soccer will have as much potency as your last class. And because the particles are so small, their absorption rate is super high. So rather than having to wait, you know, take an edible, you have to wait for it to go through your digestive system, through your liver, before you start to feel it, which oftentimes can be quite a length of time. With us, I mean, you start to feel the effects. It's, it's actually being absorbed through your mucosis, through your mouth, through your tongue, through your stomach lining. So the bioavailability is really what's driving that ability to have our consumers really understand where they are in their spectrum of high. Interesting. I love getting the little bit of science behind everything. Tell us a little bit about the actual cannabis that you use, where it's grown, how it's grown, strains, does that matter to you, um, or just what you use? Well, we do. It does matter, um, obviously, because certain terpenes within within cannabis can marry to the, the flavor profiles and aroma profiles that we're looking for to recreate in our wines. Once we remove the alcohol, you know, a lot is lost when you remove alcohol. You lose a certain perception of sweetness because people perceive alcohol as sweet on your palate. You certainly lose a level of complexity, you know, and you lose a level of weight on your palate. Because again, alcohol adds quite a bit of weight. We're using sun-grown cannabis. We, you're actually not allowed to use the term organic in association with, with cannabis, which is crazy. But we are using sun-grown cannabis from California. The strains that we're using specifically for each wine are proprietary for very specific reasons. Is that we don't want our product to be able to... We put a tremendous amount of R&D into trying to create the world's best-tasting infused beverage. When I say that, I don't mean, you know, you can make a good tasting soda when you're adding tons of sugar and you're adding lots of ingredients. I mean, we're trying to make a really beautiful, pure beverage that marries up to the Napa Valley positioning. And so we wouldn't reveal what our strain sources are, but there are strain sources that were chosen to marry to the flavor compounds and aroma compounds that we were, we were searching for. Right. So we've done an episode about this when we were talking about marketing with Mammoth Distribution and Hannah Davis just saying that she was looking for a more challenging experience and going from booze to weed is kind of a, a natural progression. Yeah, it's it. I guess it's like vice, you know, if you market vice, you can market any vice. Yeah. In a way. And I think it's also a more satisfying way. So you're like, okay, well, it's similar in the way that you market, but you can feel better about it because now I'm marketing something that that feels good. Yeah. That's not just a poison. Yeah. That's Maybe. fair. I like that. You know, I'll take that. This is Absolutely. opinion. So yep. anyways, that's kind of her story. And I asked why wine. Well, that I was going to say that leads into why wine. Of course. I don't know. And it's something that she knows, but also wanted to hit the educated female consumer 
not a big audience in cannabis. But is one of the largest growing demographics in cannabis. This woman is smart. Exactly. And there was a void of luxury products. And they wanted to offer like this microdosing option. Which we can appreciate, right? We're both microdosers. Like I love to hear oh, that yeah. products like this are coming out because since Chiba Chews came out in 2010, which like we've, well, we, I say the we, the royal we, anybody in Colorado in 2010 that took a decadose and just found themselves high for seven days, they're afraid of um, edibles. A lot of people have this experience. So so hearing that a new product for microdosing come is coming out and being developed, that's awesome. I think this is the way oh, the yeah. industry should be going. So that's there's not I can't endorse this product at all. Oh, we've never tested this. A they're by not the way. paying me. <laughs> <laughs> no one is. No, I'm just kidding. But um I can't endorse this product at all because I've never tried it. It's just a good idea. But I love the fact getting into like sort of the next part that we talked about if what she says is is real that this is a sessionable experience that it hits fast that you can have the same sort of experience with wine as you know where you sort of have a glass and you feel a little tipsy but then it sort of fades a little so you might have another glass mm -hmm. But do that with weed where you're having less calories and not all the bad effects to your body. I'm fucking in. <laughs> Amen. Sign and me up. How much does it cost? I don't care. Take my money. Damn, she's marketing straight to you. She's marketing straight to me. The <laughs> Like exactly the white female chick that wants this rosé all day. <laughs> oh, the fat Jewish. By the way, fat Jewish, in case you do the, do this, I want to share the profits. Fat Jewish is going to 100% have one of these in five to 10 years. I think it's such a great <clears> idea, <throat> though. And I can't wait to try it. Again, I can't endorse it. Maybe it doesn't work at all. Maybe it's yeah, horrible. We'll, we'll get a bottle. We'll find out. But their concept is exactly what I want in life. And I like the science behind it, right? So yes. microparticles that are become self-homogenizing self um, so that they are distributed evenly throughout your consumable, whatever that might yeah, be. Yeah, you this don't case have to of, shake. Like, you wouldn't a shake Vino a bottle of wine. That'd be weird. I've watched people do it, and it breaks my heart. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, a great... Again, this is, like, this is the cool part about this industry is people are thinking about what do people enjoy now? How can we introduce cannabis to that? to again supplement the use of something or in addition to the use of something so uh, this the science the marketing behind it and everything i'll admit it i'm a fucking sucker for this shit mm -hmm. i love it i think it's great i think they're going in the right direction big fan again cannot endorse haven't tested but we will have not tested but okay can i say the icing on the cake go for it you know how hardcore i am about my about my weed yep and where it comes from and Amen. so I grilled her, of course, on does it even matter to you where your weed comes from? Um, not only do the, does the strain matter because they need the specific terpenes to recreate every time the exact flavor of wine because a lot gets taken out when the alcohol gets mm -hmm. taken out. Yep. But they care deeply about organic. Well, they also legally can't say organic, but clean cannabis, sun-grown cannabis so it's apparently a completely clean microdose made for strawberry sequoia product <laughs> <laughs> 
They should just name it Strawberry Sequoia's Wine. But <laughs> if there's a Strawberry Sequoia, what what is it? It's not wine. What's the term? Vinfusion. Vinfusion. Yes, yes, I know. If there's so. a Strawberry Sequoia Vinfusion on the market inside of five years, you know where it started. Yeah. No, seriously. <clears throat> I mean, this. I I can't wait to try it so I can tell you all if I can endorse it. Right now, I'm just saying that in idea phase. I love it. Great. A hell of an idea. But could be horrible. You know, could be the worst. So Speaking... look, look out for that <laughs> review. <laughs> Coming at you live. Speaking of good ideas, I think we have a good idea from our sponsors here. Oh, yeah. So let's take a minute to keep the lights on. Hashtag keep the lights on with the marriage and experience. We'll be back with more from Saka. What does it take to win Cosmopolitan Magazine's Sexcellence Award? This special honor is reserved for groundbreaking products for the bedroom. Denver-based Cannabis Edibles Company, 1906, was awarded Cosmo's Stamp of Sexcellence for their world-famous aphrodisiac called 1906 Love. Pick some up at your neighborhood Terrapin Care Station and prepare for your bed to levitate. Next up on the second half of our interview here, female executives and equity in the cannabis industry, future industry predictions, where to find this delectable sounding Vin Fusion called Saka, and what the name Saka actually means. So just switching gears a little bit, obviously you're a woman entrepreneur and you have a very fierce focus on, on women as your customers as well. Why is it so important to have a female-focused lens and what have you been seeing in the industry as far as equity goes? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion in the industry that we were the, at first at 37, that female executives made up 37% of all executives in cannabis, and then it slipped a little bit. And then High Times announced that we had come back to about 37% of the industry. And I think, you know, that's largely driven by the fact that a lot of the industry is new and women are doers and women can multitask. I realize I'm painting with a very broad brush, but when I tell you that your ability to microtask is essential when you're dealing with cannabis, because when you're dealing with the cannabis industry in general, I mean, the the complexity with managing through supply chain, um, managing through the regulatory environment is so astounding that if you can't, A, be incredibly nimble and be able to multitask on a level that you've never had before, I don't know that you'd be successful. So I think women are just naturally drawn to, to that need to always be doing a few things at one time. In my particular experience in the industry is that I've met some incredible women and I feel like there's a, there's a tremendous amount of camaraderie. I think there's an awful lot of sharing among us. There's some incredibly smart people, but also people are so, so utterly committed to the cause and to the plant and to its, its benefits across a variety of spectrums. And it's, it's actually a, it's, it's a really beautiful community. That said, we're still less than 40% of all major executives in this industry. And I would guarantee you that we're likely paid less because we always are. There's always going to be a level of misogyny 
in any industry, and it certainly exists here. But comparative to the alcohol industry, it's 180 degrees better in that regard. And I think that's a matter of timing and, frankly, where women are and where they've come from and and what we're willing to put up with and what we're not. I love that. That was going to be one of my next questions was comparing the alcohol industry to the cannabis industry as a female executive. So thank you for answering that one as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we just, we still have a long way to go. And I think it's important that female executives in cannabis help lift each other up as much as possible. There's so many different perspectives around the industry. You know, you have the the group of people who are solely focused and utterly passionate about and committed to driving cannabis, CBD and THC and and all the sub-cannabinoids that come underneath that, really driving that forward as a medicine, you know, as an organic medicine that can treat a variety of ailments. So you have that group of people. And, you know, I think we all should be offering tremendous thanks to that group of people. Then you have the people like myself who are really interested in in understanding where consumers are and interested in creating innovative consumer packaged goods that marry up to whatever's happening, you know, in the, in the categorical environment in which we're operating. And it's exciting and it's fun and we love what we do and we want to make this incredible product and bring it to our target consumer. And, and it's sort of what, you know, kind of turns you on. It's what gets you up in the morning. And then you have the people coming into the space that are looking purely to make money, you know, whether that's a quick flip, whether that, you know, a rogue investment or entering the space without enough care or thought going into, you know, where, where the industry really is, where the consumer is, and frankly, who's come before us. And we're all kind of playing that game of finding the balance between, I think, those three drivers, which are creating great products, really being passionate about the plan about it and about its benefits, but also, you know, trying to create a real viable industry that people will want to join for decades to come. If you were to look at the industry in and dust off your crystal ball, what would your one, five, and 10-year sort of outlooks or predictions be for, for where things are going? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think, I mean, there's so many different ways to answer that question, right? You can answer it from a federal regulatory environment, what that's going to look like. And, and I think first they'll ease up on our banking laws, which will be gleeful for all of us. And I think it'll be great for future employees coming into the space because we'll be allowed to do things like 401ks and, you know, we won't have to have sub companies in order to get benefits and, you know, all of those things. So I think they'll ease up on banking, which will be fantastic. I think that full legalization is probably between two and four years away, but I do see that happening. But then it'll turn into a very similar environment that we deal with in the alcohol industry, which is, you know, every state having its own set of regulations and what needs to be and the thresholds that you need to cross in order to operate in that state. What I think we'd be looking for is to have a federal mandate, though, on on certain elements within that. So, in other words, we should not have to create different formulation for every state we go into. If our formulation is deemed the purest it can be in the state of California, which I would argue is, you know, we'll have the strictest standards, formulation should be able to be used, you know, across state lines. So it's those types of things that we have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work ahead of us, but I think the industry will continue to grow. I think that companies that pursue the category with a mind toward social responsibility and responsible consumption will ultimately win. I think that 
how you ingest cannabis, when you ingest cannabis, um, will continue to evolve. I think that beverages again will will rise. I think beverages and probably gel caps will will really rise in that space. There is a risk to alcohol beverage with the rise of infused beverages because of the health benefits, because of the calorie question. And I think that's an exciting wave to ride, but I do not think it will be without its its very, very real and very uh, palpable challenges. I'm excited to see where the beverage industry goes. And I think you're really on the right path, at least for my personal consumption habits. I've pretty much stayed away from beverages because they're always super high dose. I'm, I'm a lightweight, I'm a small human being <laughs> and a 10 milligram beer is going to kill me practically. So I right. like these smaller doses that I can handle. Um, and I'm seeing that a lot more. So glad to see that you guys are doing that. So where are we going to be able to find these? Are they out? Are, are they in dispensaries yet? Yeah, so we just launched in Southern California officially yesterday. And so we'll be, you know, we're actively now building our distribution throughout the state of California. And that's where we're going to remain focused, at least for the first six months, because really, I mean, California is the largest cannabis market in the country. It's also the leading wine market in the country. And so if we can really nail California, build up our, our brand here, build our distribution, build our awareness, build our consumer following and then move it quickly into Nevada, Colorado, other states that, you know, have a high tolerance for and uh, appreciation for cannabis and cannabis-infused beverages. That would be our next steps. Definitely. And and is there anything next on the uh, menu, so to speak? Um, yeah, so we're actively developing Saka Red and Saka White. One will be a Chardonnay-based product and one will be a uh, Bordeaux bridal-based product again, after which the alcohol is removed and infused. Nice. Well, I'm very excited to try these and we'll be making our way out to California not too long in our uh, new Canavan mobile podcasting studio. So we will have to come say hello. Please do. Please, please do. I would love that. So as we wind down the interview i just open it up to you to ask you if there's anything that i may not be informed enough to ask you or just anything we missed so i mean a lot of people have asked us about the name house of saka you know because it's pretty unique and i think it's super evocative just the name without even knowing what it means but it is actually named for a group of ancient female warriors who were said to rule the world and conquer all they desired so sort of like that first half hour of the new Wonder Woman movie, <laughs> they were the Saka. And so they were, also, they were also said to use cannabis in their ancient rituals and, and rites of passage. So this brand, you know, kind of is for the warrior and all of us. And I, I mean, it's just such a fitting name for a brand that was developed for, by and for women. So that's, the, that's sort of what's behind the name Saga. I love that. Well, we're all about the female-owned businesses and the and the female power. So, <laughs> of course, we try and do a lot of episodes about females' issues in the industry. And it's just so interesting in cannabis as a new industry. So thank you for, for representing that as well and embodying that. No, oh, thank you. That was very nice of you to say. Well, thank you so much for, for everything, for your interview. And we'll definitely let you know when we're in your area because 
we're going to be, I don't know if you've seen anything about our, our van that we're building, but we're building a mobile podcast studio and we're traveling the country in it to talk to people. So we'll, we'll be near you at some point soon. That's amazing. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you. Just because we we're sitting here kind of comedically laughing about this. Um, Emily did type she is good marketer at the end of her notes that she just sent to me. But they're brief notes. They, okay, they are brief notes, but they're great. Correctly. And a, the first point, at least cannabis industry is better than booze for women. <laughs> Let's just kick it off with that. I have to imagine. A, I'm not a woman, obviously. Or woman, sorry. Uh, B, I've never been in the booze industry outside of bartending, which was hellacious for women, by the way. Yeah, I bartended. <clears throat> yeah, and C, like, I can't, from what I've seen in the cannabis industry, it has only got to be better than booze. Good God, mate. Well, and I think women, and I think Tracy made a really good point in that women are are not, it's a new industry and women are not willing to put up with what they were willing to put up with in other industries. Amen. And they're like, fuck that. We're starting anew and we're not going to put up with any of that bullshit. So I think that no matter what, cannabis has that as, as an advantage. I could agree. It's just like being that. new. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's always just going to be work to do because men are assholes. So. I was going to say, quick reminder to all the men in the cannabis industry, it's a 50-50 split. It's okay to give it a little ground for anybody else that wants to be a part of it. Nobody's here to steal your house and rape and pillage your small little corner of the earth. Just just give a little. Give a little bit. Let's just lift, all, give lift a each other bit up. Give a little of your love to it's, me. It's not even about splitting things. It's just no. about like helping each other to make everything better. The industry, yeah, the world. This whole like alpha male competition bullshit just has to fucking go. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway. so her future predictions, she's really confident about beverages and capsules. And Ooh, I we do haven't like the seen... capsule idea. I think capsules are really interesting, and I like where she's going with that idea. You know, I, our our mid-roll sponsor, actually, they're not paying me to say this one, of course, but I think they're really going the right way with making sugar-free, calorie-free drops. Yeah. And I just think that people want to medicate, and they want to take a functional medicine, and they don't want it always to be inside of a bunch of sugar. Ooh, this comes back to the Gardner Jeff episode. His prediction was it will be treated like a supplement, mm-hmm. like a vitamin supplement, which I, this again, like we could, we could go down the rabbit hole with this one. But the problem with government regulation is they're regulating it like alcohol, even though it should be treated like a vitamin supplement, medicinal substance. Anyway, we could go on for hours. I do like that. I think beverages and capsules, um, we'll see a rise in those. Um, and I think we're seeing a decline in alcohol in general. Yeah. I mean, we just did dry January and we were like, wait, why would we ever go back to drinking? Yeah. Because I can't drink booze anymore, by the way. It's just has so many negative effects. Whereas cannabis, I mean, maybe you'll be a little groggy the next day at most if you take way too much, but it's, it's kind of rare and it, it has health benefits as opposed to destroying your health. It's So I think there's a, a real shift happening. Yeah, and I can agree with that. And we were just talking to somebody today about this and the shift in regulatory um, instances across borders. Once we homogenize that and we can allow states 
to interact with one another with cannabis. I think that the, um, the availability and the technological advances and also kind of the safety of it um, will be great. Yeah, regulations across borders was a good point to bring up because that's tricky. Like you make a yeah. great product in California, which has the strictest regulations. Which brings back Saka, dude. Yeah. It's only available in but California. But then you have to bring it to Nevada and they're like, well, you have to change the little thing. Like, no, we need things to be regulated well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and equally regulated well and equally. Yeah. The other thing I thought, honestly, I, I got to say, I think her legalization outlook was kind of optimistic more optimistic yeah. than anyone else we've talked to hey and if you're pushing 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 sorry pushing listen <laughs> he's thinking about ladies issues isn't he <laughs> get a little socket in me Good Lord. no i'm kidding um that's a bad joke uh no i think about you know if you're gonna push an, an agenda like yeah for sure in two to four years i would hope but just look at what happened in new york it's optimistic that's all i gotta say Five. Five. Sorry. It's going to be five. Like you, th- you think five? I'm still on Fucking ten. Fucking better God. be. God, I'm a pessimist. Anyway, but the name <laughs> Sokka. Right. So, I love it. This brings us to the she's good marketer quote. <laughs> she good marketer is... <laughs> this is how I write my show notes. I'm like, well, I hope you can read this. <laughs> oh, mate. But I did think, um, hey, it's, it's a kick-ass name. So Sokka... Is named after a group of female warriors. And they also used cannabis ritualistically. And essentially the brand is for the warrior in all of us. AKA she good marketer. (laughs) (laughs) AKA she good marketer. Holy fuck, that's awesome. I think it makes sense too because if you're drinking wine every night, you might not be able to function as well. But if you have a glass of Sokka or a microdose of cannabis, you'd be thriving, man. Yeah. No, I love this one because this, this again is another episode that touches on a, a hopefulness in the cannabis industry. Overall, not, not for how this particular company is run because it's run well. And we can't thank Tracy enough for all the information and, and the time. But this this was one of those good-hearted ones. Sometimes we do episodes and we're like, ah, shit, that doesn't that's not boding well for the industry. Sometimes things come up and it's not looking good for cannabis. This is one of those like, ah, this this makes you feel good because if products and people like this can be involved, I think we have a decent chance at a great future. Yeah, and, and I also want to know shit out of this. You should look at there and there's links always if you go to Mary Jane Experience dash blog. We do a blog for every episode. And in this particular one, um, check out the link to their website and go to their about page. Because not only are they run by strong women, but their entire board of advisors is all women. I mean, this is a hardcore female brand by female for females and it feels that way and it is that way and that's why i'm like this is made for me <laughs> and dudes if you're strong enough to drink a what, vino infusion vin fusion vin fusion <laughs> he'll learn from i will probably not uh <clears throat> from an entire team of women guess what bud i'm gonna drink it you can too don't worry about it 
I would be a hundred times more likely to bang a guy drinking a Vin Fusion than anything else. <laughs> and on that note, everybody, thanks for listening <laughs> to the Mary Jane Experience podcast brought to you all the way from Eldora, Colorado. Um, hope you're liking the new format. Please comment, like, share, tell us what you think. Yes, we take um, your comments to heart, which is why we're doing this new format. Yeah, because we got so asked. many got comments on the women of cannabis event canavan interviews. Yeah, where we just let them roll, and everybody just loved them. So we thought, let's let's test just break out it up this a little format. Bit. Speaking of June fifth, we're back in the canavan. Keep an eye out. Yeah, so we are on the road June fifth, starting in Colorado, obviously, but then we're gonna head up northwest wherever um give us suggestions on where to go and we will find you and we will interview you drop a pin on the canavan map we'll come say what's up this is the marriage and experience i am casey jones alongside strawberry sequoia we can't thank you enough please find us on all social media we just started tiktok we're about to start up snapchats i, hate TikTok. I know it sucks balls um, <clears throat> we have Instagram, we have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have a website, Mary Jane Experience. Someone please do our TikTok for us. If you'd like to be a free, unpaid social media manager, <laughs> our email is info at maryjaneexperience.com. At this point, we are unpaid, but supported, and we thank you all. We're about to come out with more of this stuff, so stay tuned. Take care, love one another. Peace out, Pothead. Good night, Stoners. Thanks for listening. And Daisy loves you. Mm-hmm.